Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you five things I am doing to be healthier after baby. I made this list a couple of months ago, and as I did, I kind of chuckled at myself because these are all things that I can and should be doing regardless of having a baby, being postpartum, anything like that. So this is not just an episode for the mamas. It's not just an episode for ladies. Every single one of these things, and you'll see this as we go, are really good ideas for absolutely everybody. But I'm going to be talking about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, as well as how I'm doing it. Because the how is where a lot of us get thrown off. How do we make this happen? How do we make this stick? How do we stay consistent and get over the fact that, you know, oftentimes we just don't want to and we tell ourselves we'll start tomorrow. Let's dive. Actually, before we dive in, I have decided, and I'm recording this before the first one comes out, so I'm kind of holding myself accountable to making it happen. I have decided to start sharing more via video on Facebook, on Instagram. Maybe I'll put it on YouTube, undecided on that one, about adjustment to life and to work with a newborn. And I will add this caveat for all of you who reached out when I shared this uh, a couple months ago on social media. And they were like, oh, no, you can't. You know, you need to take six months after baby and and not add anything. Um, I love that you are so protective. Um, but this is not something that is adding to my plate. I'm just sharing my life as it already is. I won't be one of those people doing highly produced videos and hair and makeup and looking perfect. Uh, this is a, a family decision to be really open where I think there's a need for openness how do these self-improvement strategies or perspectives or tools change when you're adjusting to life as a newborn? And how does prioritizing health and self-care, how does that look when you are adjusting to life with a newborn? And you know, while I think it's amazing that people do postpartum so differently, and some people stop working altogether. Some people take a one-year maternity leave. Other people don't get maternity leave at all. And I'm more like the latter than the former, just as a business owner. Um, It's okay for postpartum to look different. It is okay for some people to not have a traditional maternity leave. I've been really surprised by, um, actually, 
I guess I haven't been all that surprised because people have very strong opinions about absolutely everything. Um, but this notion that like postpartum should look like this, it looks different for everybody. And, you know, if you owned a, a brick and mortar store and you didn't have a lot of employees, well, you, you wouldn't close the store, you know? You'd find a way to make it work. And maybe that means bringing your little one to work. But um, I can assure you that I'm not looking to uh, stack my plate with new projects and baby, but this is an important one to share. It's something I want to share, and it's going to be a cool thing for me to have to look back on, but I want to be very authentic about um, movement after baby and food after baby and work after baby and relationship after baby. That's just something that is important to me to share. So stay tuned for that. All right. These five things I'm doing to be healthier after baby that after writing them down, I very quickly realized are things that uh, we all could potentially should do regardless of our family status or our gender or anything like that. The first one is meal prepping. This has not been my jam in the past, in large part because I'm a very simple cook and it takes me, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to whip up dinner at night and that hasn't been a big deal or a barrier in the past. With that said, 10 to 20 minutes isn't a big barrier even with a newborn, but I asked myself, what can I do with a newborn to make eating really well and eating clean easier. And one of the things was just having a very organized refrigerator, being able to grab and go, put meals together in, say, five minutes or less instead of that 10 to 20 minutes. And this doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm going to be eating super fancy things that take hours and hours to meal prep. It's the same simple stuff that I really love and enjoy now. I just want to set myself up to make it even faster. Before baby, these quick and easy dinners that I call quick and easy, it's 10 to 20 minutes. 10 to 20 minutes might not feel quick and easy or as quick and easy with a newborn, but I'm a big fan of burrito bowls with cauliflower rice. So essentially all I have to do is cook the protein, cook the cauliflower rice, add some toppings, we're good to go. But there's so much I can do ahead of time to make that easier, right? I can cook the cauliflower rice that's frozen ahead of time. So then it's in the refrigerator already seasoned and it just needs to be warmed. I can cook the proteins all ahead of time or have somebody help me do that and we don't have to, you know, worry about what do I need to thaw for dinner tonight or it's going to take 20 minutes for these chicken thighs to cook. There is a book that I have fallen in love with, a cookbook. It is called Cook Once Eat All Week by Cassie Joy Garcia. I will link to that over in the show notes primalpotential.com forward slash 727. And while with any cookbook, I'm not 100% on every recipe, right? Some recipes have things that I don't really like or I don't really enjoy. The premise of this book is that she gives you a list of ingredients. And from that, you make really three meals, 
three dinners. And then there's two kind of what she calls bonus dinners, where if you buy an extra protein, you can put it together really easily. So you're getting at least three dinners, potentially five dinners if you just shop a little bit differently from each meal prep session. So I've really loved that. And what I do is I double the batch so that instead of getting three dinners, I get six dinners. And you know how it is when you double a recipe. It really doesn't take any more time, minutes maybe. So that has been a fun and easy thing. And I've also been doing things that are very easy to freeze ahead of time. So not only having my fridge stocked with proteins that are already cooked and vegetables that are already cooked and seasoned and they just need to be reheated, but things like chili or chicken soup, making them when I have 20 or 30 minutes and putting them in the freezer and making a double or a triple batch of them has been very, very helpful. I really like a chili recipe. You've heard me mention it, gosh, for probably a couple years now. It is from predominantly paleo and it's called cowboy chili. It doesn't have beans in it. Um, Though with any chili recipe, you can either keep the beans or ditch the beans. But I like the predominantly paleo cowboy chili. You can Google that or I'll list it up in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 727. When I have extra chicken, and I'm all chickened out, you know? Have you ever cooked a whole bunch of chicken and you've had it for a couple meals and you're like, I do not want to eat those leftovers? That's when it's a great opportunity to take some bone broth, some vegetables, garlic, onions, carrots, celery, and toss in that leftover chicken. Freeze that. You've got an easy chicken soup to heat up for lunch or dinner. So that is uh, a couple things that I've been doing. The other thing about this and this applies a little bit more to postpartum or if you're recovering from surgery, when people say, oh, I'm going to bring you over a meal so that I don't have a freezer full of lasagnas and other things that maybe don't align with my desire to feel really high energy and my desire to eat really clean at this time. We'll talk more about why I feel that way more than ever Um, right now. If I can say, you know what? some chicken soup without noodles would be amazing. Or some chili without beans would be amazing. That's very easy for people. It's not an expensive thing to put together. It's certainly a lot easier than something like a lasagna. And it means that I don't have a freezer full of meals that maybe I'm not super pumped to eat, but I also don't want to discard because they were so thoughtfully prepared. That is one change that I have made that I will continue to make just to go from that 10 to 20 minutes of meal prep. And I know some people spend an hour preparing dinner. I'm not that girl at this point in life. But this takes it down to, say, five minutes or less, which is a game changer. The second thing is meditating and reading and having those be daily non-negotiables, what I didn't want to happen, because those were daily non-negotiables before baby, but what I didn't want to happen is I don't have time, I'm too tired. And this is not about discipline, right? It is not about, gosh, I better make sure I keep this discipline up and don't ditch this habit after baby. This is about feeling good. There is a young Pueblo quote that says, do not do not jump to conclusions or judge yourself harshly when your mind is full of turbulence. 
Calmness helps the mind see more clearly. Well, there's not much that can contribute to turbulence of the mind than having a screaming newborn and being sleep deprived, right? So to me, making sure that I read and meditate is less about discipline and health and personal standards and more about what can I do to make sure that I'm taking great care of myself during what will be a time of adjustment and a time of challenges. So many people have reached out to me during my pregnancy and said, oh, I can't wait to see how you handle all this mindset and self-care stuff when you've got a kid. Fact is, from my perspective, whether it's a kid or no kid, a stressful job, a family crisis, it all boils down to this one perspective. Do I do these things when I feel like it and when I have time? Or do I do these things, period? Because while meditation might have looked like 20 or 40 minutes a day before baby, meditation can still happen with a newborn and still working and being sleep deprived. It just might look different. It might be two minutes before I get in the shower. It might be the first two minutes that baby falls asleep. It might be three minutes in bed before I fall asleep at night. The reason that I want to make sure reading and meditating and eating well remain a priority is not because I'm a pious saint. It gives me more bandwidth. It gives me more bandwidth. Instead of being thrown off kilter because it's the third night without sleep with the baby, I have more mental and emotional bandwidth if I do these things, eating well and reading and meditating, I don't want to be that crazy person ripping my hair out because the kid won't stop crying or because even if it's not related to the baby, because something on my website broke for the 15th time or because somebody on my team didn't do that project the way I asked them to three times already. So reading and meditating are on my list. They're at the top of my list. And my perspective on my list isn't if I feel like it or if I have time. I'm going to do it whether I have time or not. I will make the time. And then it comes down to when will I do it? And I ask people to hold me accountable here. My partner, for example, knows that daily meditation is huge for me. So he always asks, hey, have you meditated yet today? And yesterday when he asked, I said no. And it was getting late in the day. And he said, when do you plan to do it, right? Are you going to do it before we start dinner? Are you going to do it after? And he's not pushing or nagging. He's just helping me make space for that priority. And it's not about perfection. This is where a lot of people fall short on their goals. Maybe they say, I'm going to read for 20 minutes a day. And then they start reading and the phone rings and, oh, I totally blew it. I only read for three minutes today. Don't let your perfect standard, your ideal, get in the way of your consistency The type of meditation that I practice is called Transcendental Meditation, or TM. If you Google, uh, actually, if you go to primalpotential.com and you search meditation, you'll find an episode that I did all about that and what it looks like. But it's 20 minutes, two times a day. Well, you know what? That's not the standard with a baby. As I said, it could be two minutes right before I get in the shower or while she's nursing, And the same thing is true with reading. It's not this many pages or this much time. It's just I'm going to do it every single day. And listening to books on Audible counts. This has been a savior for me because I get to listen to books while I'm in the shower. 
and while I'm driving and while I'm doing that meal prep or cleaning up or getting dressed or in this case, nursing. If you haven't tried Audible and you're like, oh, I wish I could read more, but I'm just not good at sitting down or I get distracted, try Audible. And I've shared this with you guys before that while Audible is not free, you can get your first month free as well as your first book free if you just go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. Audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. And I'll put that in the show notes for this episode as well. This has been one of the major ways I get reading done, especially in pregnancy, right? I've been, uh, I've dealt with insomnia big time up for many hours of the night and I listen to books, but I also listen when I drive. I bring my phone into the shower and I listen and reading makes me better. It makes me a better thinker. It elevates the way that I think and it helps me stay mindful of my goals, I'll really quickly share uh, a few of my favorites, especially if you're wondering what to spend that first free Audible credit on if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. A couple of my favorites so far this year that I'm actually rereading this year, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. I don't know if that one's on Audible. Um, A couple favorites from last year. The Third Door by Alex Benayan. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Obviously, Chasing Cupcakes, right? Not afraid to throw that one out there. I reread that regularly, especially for the questions that are in there that help me when I need to get my acting gear a little bit. All right, so the third thing is talking to friends daily. Talking to friends daily. And yes, these are specific standards that I've set for myself for postpartum. Connection is key in that time. And in the past, I've isolated myself when life has felt hard or uh, I've been in a period of transition or there's been a lot on my plate But this is something that has been a huge help even before getting pregnant and having a baby and all of those things. Talk to friends daily. And this doesn't mean like the casual stuff when you're at work and you're asking somebody what they did last night or what what show they're watching on TV or what their plans are for the weekend. Be intentional about connecting with somebody every single day. And the way that I follow through on this is I make it very specific. So in my list for my day. I'm going to reach out to this person tomorrow. I already know for today who that person is and how I'm contacting them, whether that's phone call or it's text message or we have like a Zoom video chat on our calendars. Sometimes it's text. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a letter in the mail, right? I've gotten a lot better throughout 2019 at that, but I'm taking it to the next level in 2020 because the connection piece is major. Without being intentional about that, I know that I have a tendency to isolate and I need to be strategic about not letting that happen. So the way that I'm taking it to the next level in 2020 is just very specifically like, hey, come over for lunch, come into town to visit, for the weekend. Let's read a book together and talk every Thursday at four or every Thursday at seven about where we're at and what we're thinking. Can we set a phone date? 
And then also asking my friends to help hold me accountable in other areas. This is a big one for postpartum because I want to make sure that there are a few different people who know me in different capacities. I've talked to Sarah about this. I've talked to my sister about this, who are checking in with how I'm doing mentally and emotionally after baby. How do you feel? Are you happy? Are you okay? Do you have any concerns? And I've asked them very specifically to check in with me on that. And I've asked other people to check in with me on my goals, whether that's my business goals, my financial goals, my self-care goals. Check in with me on this. How am I doing? The fourth thing that I'm doing very intentionally to be as healthy as I can be after baby is putting supplementation at the top of the list. This is especially true after baby, but very real for folks who aren't pregnant, who are men, who, you know, maybe haven't ever had a kid or their postpartum period was 30 years ago. But very specific to the postpartum period, your micronutrient needs are higher than ever after you give birth because essentially during your pregnancy, baby takes what baby needs. So even if you didn't nail it in the nutrition department during pregnancy, in fact, especially if you didn't nail it in the nutrition department during pregnancy, you will be nutrient depleted after pregnancy, period baby is more or less a parasite when you're pregnant, living off of your nutrient stores. Baby will take the calcium that it needs, whether you're consuming enough of it or not. If you're not consuming enough of it, it's going to get it from your bones, right? And the same thing is true for iron and for potassium. So most women come out of pregnancy nutrient depleted, men, because they're tired or because they don't know or because they're not being deliberate about meals or supplementation, they just remain nutrient depleted postpartum. That has a huge impact on mood. It has a huge impact on energy. It has a huge impact on recovery and so many other things. Your nutrient needs are higher than ever postpartum. And two factors that are major contributors to postpartum depression are not adding those nutrients back in, and not fortifying your microbiome, right? Because as we've talked about before, the bacteria in and on your body are largely responsible for manufacturing neurotransmitters, those feel-good chemicals like dopamine and serotonin. If we don't have enough of those, then we don't feel motivated, we don't feel happy, we don't feel joy, we can't get good rest. So while the meal prep part of this is a big component, making sure that it's not just, oh, well, I have mac and cheese and lasagna in the freezer. No, no, I'm incorporating lots of vegetables and good clean proteins and healthy fats in my meal prep. It's not enough to just have, you know, frozen dinners or something like that or rely on takeout. We have to be very deliberate about micronutrient density in food, but also supplementation becomes more important than ever. And I mean, postpartum aside, most humans are nutrient depleted because they're not paying enough attention to those micronutrients. So the meal prep is is part of this. But on the supplementation front, 
One of the things that I committed to doing postpartum is having a shake once a day, a a protein shake once a day, because it's an easy thing to throw a lot of nutrients into. And I've talked to my partner about this at length, that this is going to be one of his responsibilities since he can't feed the baby and, you know, all of those things that are that are mom jobs, especially at the start. Um, he is going to make sure that I have a shake once a day. And in that will be some real food as well as some supplements. I always put um, frozen cauliflower in my shakes, frozen cauliflower rice and berries and fresh leafy green vegetables, but I also do a plant-based protein powder that has micronutrients in it. I put my probiotics in there. I have a greens powder that I put in there. And at the time that I take my shake, I will be consistent in taking my omega-3 supplement and my multivitamin. It is more important than ever. And it's not just an intention because I've enrolled my partner to help me with accountability on this. It is more important than ever having nothing to do with losing baby weight or anything like that. None of these are targeted towards this, but we are nutrient depleted. And I think that's true for most of us, but it's especially true for women in the postpartum period. And I just want to feel as good as possible. I want to have as much energy as possible. And I want my mental and emotional health to be as strong as possible. And this last one is very much related to that, uh, the mental and emotional health and the energy. Sugar, processed sugar, limited to once a week after the baby. This is a huge one. It's easy to justify having more sugar. And I did in pregnancy for a number of reasons, just I'm pregnant, but also because I really struggled with protein and vegetables during pregnancy from a food aversions and a nausea standpoint. So it made it very easy for sugar and starch to come on in. But there's a new sheriff in town, and this is nothing to do with body weight, though certainly is good for that. Limiting processed sugar to once per week is a decision about mood, mindset, and energy. Sugar is a mood killer. Sugar is an energy killer. Sugar is a mental health nightmare. So I'm going to have the the ice cream or the cookie. This is not a hard and fast militant decision. I'm just limiting it to once per week because there's so many things that can disrupt mood and energy after a baby or at any time in life, right? And I don't want to contribute to that problem. I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better partner. I'm going to be a better human. I'm going to be a better business owner when I feel better. So those are the five things I am doing. Meal prep, meditating and reading daily, reaching out to friends every single day, supplementing daily, especially with those probiotics, but also with those micronutrients and limiting processed sugar to once per week. What about you? Are you going to adopt any of these particular standards? Do you have some that you've set? I would love to hear them. So when you go over to the show notes for today's episode to get some of those recipes that I mentioned, the chili or the uh, cook once, eat all week cookbook uh, that I talked about, or to see you know what supplements I'm using at this time of life, leave a comment. 
on the show notes page and let me know what you are committing to this year. And don't forget about that audible trial, right? I know making time to read a physical book can be tricky and a lot of folks get distracted or they fall asleep. That is why I use Audible every single day. You can get your free month trial as well as your first book free if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash Primal Potential. I will put that link and more over in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 727. Everybody have an amazing day. I hope to hear what changes you are embracing for your self-care. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.